Okay, hi everyone. Uh, welcome to episode two of Beyond Borders by MSA. For those that don't know, MSA Novo is one of the only global institutional funds systematically investing in emerging technology markets. And with Beyond Borders, we host the world's leading technology founders and game changers. And I'm super excited um, to have Suhas and Prashant here with us on episode two. I will leave you to introduce yourselves. Go ahead. Awesome, thanks. No, no, thanks so much, Sarah. I think super excited to have this discussion today. And uh, like we were all discussing, I think the market that Prashant has been building in, um, spiritual tech especially, might be, um, you know, slightly uh, new to people outside India. But in India, it is huge. And we'll talk more about that over the next 30 to 45 minutes. Um, quick intros on both sides. Maybe um, my name is Sohas and I run one of Asia's largest product communities called the Product Folks. Uh, we're today over 150,000 strong. Um, and 100% volunteer driven. So if you're interested in checking out some interesting products uh, like the one Prashant's building um, out, out, of, out of India and Asia, do check out the product folks. Um, but today, I think it's all going to be about Apps for Bharat and Prashant's journey. Um, and for everyone tuning in, I can assure you, you'll be blown away with some of the numbers um, that we're going to be chatting about and some of the insights that you know Prashant has learned over the last couple of years. Prashant, I'll kick off with just a very small introduction uh, for those um, who are new to the spiritual market. Um, and then, you know, a very, very brief background into Sri Mandir. Um, then we'd love to go deeper into, you know, your journey, um, building Sri Mandir, building, you know, stuff in the past, uh, the challenges and the opportunity that lie ahead. Um, so uh, for those who haven't checked it out yet, it is a devotional app. Uh, from India that is dedicated to helping millions of Indians uh, in their spiritual and devotional journey. And today we will hear from Prashant, who has, um, you know, been building this for the last uh, three years now. Um, and, you know, Prashant, we'd love to kick this off with, first of all, how did you even stumble upon this space and, you know, think about building an app in this space? Sure. Thank you, Suhas. Uh, first of all, you know, I'm a big, I've been watching the Indian startup ecosystem fold us for over a decade now and uh, I have been for the first four or five years of this decade I was watching from the sidelines and I, I, I saw a lot of physical behaviors become digital, totally digital. Um, you know, I used to buy magazines, uh, sports magazines, uh, some sci-fi magazines in 2012, 13 when I was a student. Uh, now you don't see them anywhere. Two, I used to carry a lot of cash in my wallet. We don't see them anywhere anymore. Uh, I mean, if you just think about this, right? A lot of these deep behaviors, which we thought uh, would stay physical, um, have moved digital for most people. So, Suhas, I'm a, I'm a big believer of that every behavior uh, for an average Indian user that was majorly offline or physical will, will become digital. Now, I'll quickly tell you uh, my own observations. I've been observing this behavior unfold over the last 10-12 years now. Now, 2012-2013, I used to buy magazines um, in sports, uh, in electronics, that electronics for you and so on. I mean, it was a it was a predominant behavior for many of us. Today, when I talk to an engineering graduate uh, who is deep into these acts, would not buy a magazine. So essentially, if you see, right, um, cohort 10 years back, cohort now, that behavior has entirely switched. 
same with something like cash same with many more i think if you just think out categories right how we used to do x y and z things and how they are happening today when I mean, there is a total switch of behavior in some cases we see complementary behavior in some cases we what we see a total switch so i'm a big believer, believer that every behavior that used to exist physically will have a digital counterpart now i'm someone who comes from this um uh, this this background where my family uh, is still into farming and uh, and we we are from this lower middle class background and and i actually um, uh, come from a family which is overly religious now uh, the way we think about religion or the the way we think about devotion in my family it was a way for us to reinforce hope for many of us so my dad used to say that let's say hey whenever you feel nervous whenever you feel um, not sure about me uh now 10 i mean i would say now let's say 20 25 years fast forward when i look back at my family i realize that my family was a is a mass representation of what most of the india would look like and when i just think about this right um this deep behavior is giving lot of hope um mental well being to hundreds of millions of people every single day now i would like to believe that people would find digital counterparts at some point in time which will help them uh, accomplish those needs in a much better way and that is the starting point of of my journey where i thought that hey what are the deep behaviors that have existed in in our people which don't have a good app or a product serving them and can i build something with all the experience that i have gathered over these over these years and there lies devotion is one such category where there are hundreds of apps that are there in the play store where uh, there'll be apps around music apps around literature but most of these apps were built in a very short sighted way so if you download those apps they have, there's a demand and when you download those apps what you get is ads lot of ads people will push yeah. you for transactions or not and i thought that this is the this is the experience that indian users who have this need don't deserve they deserve a far more uh, far better experience for that mm-hmm. and this is where i started thinking about what are if if you were to move this behavior from offline to online what are the key hooks around which you can build a product and those key hooks essentially came from again physical behavior so i started thinking about what are the physical activities that people do and at what frequencies what are the things that people do on a daily basis weekly basis once in a monthly basis or yearly basis and i started thinking about if i were to make an app around it what it will look like so 2020 q1 was when we launched around four apps uh, around some of these hooks and the app that showed the highest promise was the shrimandir app and that's what are how the other apps if i may ask like what are the four yeah. yeah yeah so th- there was this um, very simple app around literature so we actually put together a lot of literature onto one app it was uh, it was a strong activation hook for people people liked the idea but the usage frequency was low so people would use it once in a week once in a month so that mm-hmm. was the first product and the app that we built was um, a panchang app where people could come and consume panchang it showed much better frequency but of mm-hmm. course the uh, the hook was not so strong third one was shri mandir and the fourth one was uh, putting lots of videos and content and music together in one place for the user and see how they would consume it so essentially mm-hmm. these are the four Two to three pager apps that we had built for the users, and we saw which product creates the maximum amount of wow 
and mm-hmm. which product builds a very high quality recall and initial retention and this and when i was closely observing the feedback of the user so what i did was in the hamburger menu i actually gave um, uh, a option to give feedback on whatsapp and that whatsapp essentially opened into uh, our phones basically so where we used to read get feedback from people how they are using it and so on and i realized this app which is the shrimandir app was actually showing this very high quality of user love where i was like hey i've been trying to build apps for last 7 8 years of my life i have not seen this kind of feedback worth chasing yeah yeah and no, i think this translates very well um while i was trying to you know uh, discover a little more about it i saw you have a very very high rating 4.9 star on the play store with over i think you know 10 million downloads now right i think that is very very interesting especially for a category create category leader but also something that you have to create a category for i don't think we saw something with such user because like you mentioned um say you know 5 years ago there were still a lot of apps on the play store but these were largely um, filled with ads right so okay it maybe did solve the purpose but uh, like you said i don't think with that kind of experience user love would be what we're seeing today i think from those initial days to what we see today you've been able to translate user love um how exciting has this journey been because i'm sure when you started it a lot of people um including the thoughts that i had right i was like okay hey how did this really scale from an offline to an online behavior right like even even all the example that you mentioned maybe buying books which we did offline earlier and with flipkart just started with that as a category today that has gone online very similar i'm i'm sure you know over 3 years you've seen some amount of this offline activity really come to online but the early days would not have been easy um what are some of the feedback that really stuck with you and how has that changed over the last 3 years Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll explain you the thought process, right? Um, and also touch upon what is the real challenge with this particular market. Um, now there is abundance of content supply, so we are not a content platform. So one thing that we were very sure that hey, this content is all over YouTube. This content is you. There are hundreds of websites that will give you this information. Then what is our position in this particular uh, user's life? and we realized that we would want to be a space where people practice some of their deep habits or we assist them in practicing their deep habits and stuff so uh, we realized the differentiation with respect to content and information is not going to be a lot so hence you have to give people things that they would need and i'll explain what i mean here right so what we did was we started thinking about what do people do in their in their physical world right so for example the problem with this particular space is that and especially with hinduism is that there is no regime as such now whatever level of devotion you would have you would do things um based on with the intensity that is based on the devotion level that you have for example someone like you and me who is uh, live, who lives in bangalore very tech savvy might might uh celebrate festivals and that's a time when we pray that's four to five times a year hmm. for someone who is let's say a um, a businessman runs a business or uh, someone in government job someone who's preparing for jobs someone who's trying to prepare for exams they might start their day by just a regular check in they would go check in to their god and say hey god take care of me 
uh, I'm going to do my work. So that's that's their daily practice. Now, right. if they have more time, a certain percentage of them would go and let's say listen to some music or read a mantra. Or if they have more time, they might go and read a literature. Now, this is the spectrum in which the user is actually spread out. So depending on how much time do you have, how how devotional you are feeling, you would do these practices. So for us, what we said was, from this experiments, Sri Mandir started becoming the space where you come in and you do Mansik Puja. I'll explain what does Mansik Puja really mean. Um, so let's say you have a home temple, you would go and pray in front of it. Uh, now we give you a similar or a 10x better experience here on the phone. So for example, when you come on the app, what you do is you choose the gods and goddesses that you believe in. You set up a shrine. So for example, if I'm from Maharashtra, I would choose my local gods and goddesses plus a few national gods and set up my temple. If I'm from Gujarat, I would again choose a certain set of gods and uh, regional and national gods and set up my shrine. What we give you on top of it is a bunch of tools. For example, digital bells, digital flowers, a lot of offerings that you can offer to the god. So people would come and they would say, hey god, they would look at the face of the god or feet of the god and they would close their eyes and they would offer these things. And in a minute or two, their daily check-in activity is done. Now, um, again, uh, uh, understanding that we built was not everybody prays daily. Some, for some of them, it's a weekly use case. So people are ardent believers of, let's say, Lord Numan, and they would use the app every Tuesday. And if you push them to use the app on Wednesday and Thursday, they would not like it. Um, mm. For some of them, it's a daily use case. For, for some of them, it is very much, let's say they feel low, they open the app. Now, we realized this behavior from Sri where we said that, hey, this digital praying is happening, but people need more things. So a lot of women came to us and said, can you give us digital calendar, which is the almanac or panchang, for example, where I could see what day it is today, what festival it is today and get the information. So we gave that to them. Then some people came, up to, came to us and said, can you give us a lot of literature that we can keep with us and access it digitally whenever we need it. And then people asked for more tools and whatnot. So this is how the platform's engagement loop evolved. So people came for digital praying and they asked us more things and we keep on giving, giving them more things. So this is the last two year journey for us where we kept on evolving things that they need. Now, yeah. the biggest problem to us in all of this was trust. You know, yeah. we, we realized that when people open up like Sri Mandir, they're looking for a digital calm space where they can connect. And hence, if you are, if you are breaking that by showing ads, obstructing that journey, that is never going to work. Because people are coming for a space, a digital space, which is secluded, gives you that kind of feeling. So we said to turn this digital space into some sort of business or get some outcome from this, ads is not the way. We figure out something else. So then we started thinking about what does this user need more? And this is how the journey evolved. But um, the, the, the bigger challenge that I see today is the problem of trust. The problem that has been in this space is there has been tens of or hundreds of apps that have come over the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and everybody saw this devotee as a hmm. customer. Yeah. Now, I would say there's nothing wrong about it. But when you treat a devotee as a golden goose and say, hey, he is, he believes in something, will pay. And if you want to strike him hard multiple times to take that golden egg out, yeah. I have a fundamental problem with that. I feel there's a deep behavior. You build that trust. You be respectful about that behavior. You give him that space. 
and that user will open up his wallet yeah. whenever he feels comfortable with the platform sure. now this has been the journey that we have been trying to chase and 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 we believe that trust is the most important part and the biggest problem with this particular space has been trust Prashant, from a product point of view, what have you guys done different to build this trust? Like, I know one part of it, yes, it takes time, but uh, just from a pure UX point of view, just from the journey and experience, have you all done something significantly different that you think were from the existing apps then? Yes, yes. I'll give you simple, simple examples. Point number one: familiarity builds trust. So, for mm-hmm. example, I take you to a space which is, let's say, I take you to a shop, and let's say you live. I'm assuming that let's say you live you're from Bhopal. Let's assume mm. this, right? And you have been mm. living in a certain household which has a certain kind of aesthetic sense and certain and so let's say if I take you to a, a new neighborhood and put you in this uh, very minimal uh, setting, you will not be very comfortable. So, for example, if I take you to a setting which is familiar. That's the first level. Familiarity leads to some sort of trust formation. So, what we have done is. In one of the versions of the app, we actually chose the figures of the board, which are very modern. You know, they looked very chic, clean, very clean design. And we realized that that association that people have built over the last third, three, four decades is through certain paintings or pictures that they've seen. For example, if I were to say, imagine Lord Ganesha, me and you would imagine a certain five, six images in our head. And those images were actually created 50 years back or 30 years back, 20 years back. So what we did was we said we will not create uh, new imagery and make a modern temple. We would actually pass on those references to the user. Point number two, lot of skeuomorphism, where we said that a bell should look like a bell, a flower should look like a flower, and so on. A uh, little bit of chaos because when you actually let's say go to a home temple, and I can if I can show you the home temple, the office temple that I have here, the small shrine that I've put here, there's like. You put a flower, you put some akshat, which is shawal, you put some sindoor and so on. So essentially, the, after the puja is done, it looks slightly, slightly chaotic, where you, it, it marks that this, something has been done here. So a hmm. lot of physical word references is what we tried to draw when we were uh, building the, the temple interface. Two, um, communication. When you communicate to the user, you communicate in very clean language. Tell him what it means and whatnot. So essentially, we 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 try to go to a point where we said that hey, let's go as deep as we can understand this user behavior and see if we can draw patterns. I'll give a simple example, right? If you if you would use any music, and, and this is not the most important example, but I'll give you another example, right? So let's say if you go to a, a any music player, for example, you would mm-hmm. see this this icon which has this uh, circle with two arrows. Now we did a dipstick, and what we realized was. Uh, young people like you and me would understand what does that mean, which is play it once, uh, like loop the playlist or, or, and so on. Whereas uh, a long tail user, which is not so tech savvy would not understand this. So yeah. we have implemented a very simple way to communicate. What does that mean? And all of these things build familiarity and trust for people. Point number three, right? What we do is we do not push. Uh, even when we started monetizing, we don't push. Hey, you should do this. It is not forced on you. Not just that. We don't show you any paid offerings on the day one, day two, day three of your journey. Okay. Have you been able to identify what date? Like, is there 
like facebook had this famous thing right seven uh, friends in 15 days and then that user is going to stick on it have you been able has has data really been able to point you towards the right direction here uh, it, it has been pointing us to we, we are figuring that piece out i'm saying in terms of monetization we are figuring this piece out in terms of product retention uh, we we have identified key levers and we are working on it and there are more levers that we have to add that we are actually working on but but the e engagement loops we truly understand what a, what a user is coming for and what is seeking on the platform got it got it. so you have been able to identify some patterns right like i think which have been able to at least yeah maybe not on monetization but at least on retention because i think a product like this as as, as long as you know that devotee and you as a platform have been able to build trust then i think like you mentioned over a long term there will be um you know various offerings and maybe we come to that now where we chat about in this space um first up is yes there is a very large market you've been able to tap into it and get over 10 million downloads two questions for you here um first up um, how really like what channels some strategies and how did you really acquire the set of users and i think um, second one is the talk of the town um regardless uh, it is 2023 and everyone's been talking about okay hey where does revenue really come from right so if you can just touch upon both these that would be awesome okay um one how do we grow this particular plan right correct so, like initial days how did you start about maybe you know if you remember some really anecdotal uh, so, so for us what, what we did was we said that hey we'll just focus on product building and growth is the second part so basically often what we confuse is product building and product marketing is what we tie together and i'm i'm a, um i'm not saying approach one approach is right and one approach is wrong often people prioritize growth over fixing the product i'm a, i'm a, i i think differently in this one i feel that in the first one year of the journey we said that hey let's just acquire the users small set of users through paid channels every single day and see how do they use the app and how do they retain better so the first one year of the app was just this where we just acquired users through facebook uh, as a channel uh, but the good part was people loved the app so even at that point in time uh, 17 18% of the installs were organic um, oh, yeah so basically people we used to acquire people from facebook as a channel people used to come love the app there was a hamburger menu where it said share the app people used to go and share the app if you just go and read the reviews you'll see i would say if you read 100 reviews You'll see seven eight reviews which will say I got all my relatives, all my friends, uh, my parents, my siblings to download this app. I sent this app to a relative in the US. Essentially, we you you will actually read a lot of these reviews. Essentially, there's a there's a good word of mouth and reinforcement that the app gets anyway. Today right. we see twenty seven twenty eight percent to thirty five percent people coming organically uh, on a daily basis, and we are making that switch where we are. Uh, we have got to a point where we are now let's say uh, using our activated users to get more users on the app so from 70 80% way back to now 30% people being acquired organically is what the journey has been this should go more now second question was you saying how are you monetizing now now it it sounds very very good for everyone of us when we think about 50 billion market right and i'll i'll, I'll yeah. give you some uh, some back story on this in 2020 when i first started thinking about this whole space lot of people told me why are you even building this particular category there's so much of dead wood uh, uh what is it that you are chasing and so on and i was like there's a there's a user there's a large user need this user is paying in the physical world i have to figure out what it will pay for in the digital world but for the sheer user love 
and the gratitude that he's showering on the app, they should be built. So, uh, but I was lucky that we uh, the, actually, let's say the the people who decided to back us, they could see what what is the what is the vision that we are carrying. So my point is, this space is not about acquiring a user and uh, beating him down, take the golden egg and run away. This space needs an enablement across the ecosystem. If you were to truly, truly, um, let's say, uh, understand the deep enough potential of this particular space. My point is there are temples who are low tech savvy. There is no tech savviness at all. There are uh, devotees on the other end, which need a platform. There are a lot of these services providers who are yeah. sitting um, just because they are building a low frequency use case. People would go to Haridwar once in a year. So these uh, spaces actually are full of people who are willing to extract as much as money from a devotee yeah. as they can, because this person is not going to come again. And hence, lot of people come back with a lot of bad taste in their mouth. So there's so much that has to, so there's desire to pay, there's desire to serve, there's desire to serve, it has to be bridged. Yeah. And that's the view that we carry with our company, which is this. Now coming to how we think about the monetization, now very large market, but the problem is it is built with many pockets. I'll explain what those pockets are. So one pocket is, let's say, if I'm an average devotee, where do I spend money when it comes to devotion, right? Let's say first one, I have a home temple and I would spend 5,000, 6,000 rupees every single year on upgrading the temple or buying new clothes for the God, buying jewelry for the God. Um, on top of it, there is money that is spent on consumables where let's say um, I'll spend 30, 40, 100 rupees a month on puja consumables. Now, this is my spend towards my digital temple. Now, what we are doing is we are saying that, hey, there's a, sorry, physical temple, may, I told you the spends. Yeah. The point is that, hey, we are building a digital temple. Could there be a digital manifestation of this physical spend? That's one thing we're figuring out where uh, that's one part. Um, second part is these devotees now trust you a lot and they don't have access. What is the access that they're seeking today? They are saying, hey, I trust your platform. There is a, um, and I was able to go to Haridwar or uh, Ujjain five years back. Mm -hmm. My mom usually keeps on giving money to my relatives and say, do this offering, get this done, get that done and so on. So there's a lot of um, access that people are looking for when it comes to temples and pilgrimages. Okay. Can you provide that access? Can you be no. the trusted platform around that? So we are enabling some of those accesses and people are loving it. My point is you have to, again, build it from a viewpoint of trust. So can we, uh, what, what are you guaranteeing? What are you serving? How well you are treating your users? You will yeah. not treat, you not treat them as a number and so on. That's one part. Let's go to the other part, right? Where else do people spend? Spend on religious tourism. People do spend on uh, consultations and whatnot. So all of this combined would give you that kind of market. But the problem is many of these are low frequency use cases. So let's right. say if I uh, build a platform around digital puja, uh, that's a 
once in three months, once in six months sort of frequency. Right. So hence, I keep acquiring this user over and over, over again. Similarly, let's say other uh, spends I'm talking about. So you have to build a distribution platform where you acquire the user, you retain him for a long period of time, and if he sees these offerings on your platform, he would access it whenever he would need it. Now, what we are against is pushing people. Hey, you have to do this now. Is something that we do not want to uh, do for our users because. it should not be fear led it should be trust led very nice very nice so largely i think there are a bunch of digital offerings and uh, you know one interesting that you mentioned is a bridge essentially there is physical offerings there is the enablement layer which you guys are getting into um which is again very interesting right it's not just digital it is 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 a primary source of revenue today today using uh, okay. a digital enablement now the physical the, the the bridge i'm talking about is something that we have Start constructing it is giving us good, good results. Got it. So considering that's your primary, um, uh, one interesting question I had was early days um, when Uber Ola came in, right? Even if if I were to look at it, even they were playing an enabling layer. We could probably hail an auto um, by going and walking and you know negotiating with them because in Bangalore you know they never go by the meter. But uh, in the early days, none of these guys wanted to sign up with Ola and Uber. Today, if you see. i think largely even you know all auto drivers have a so do you see a parallel here do you see any kind of resistance between you know that mark i'd still call it a market where they feel like okay hey everything should be done offline who are these players coming in and i say 10 million downloads is a huge number in just 3 years and there's only going to exponentially grow from here so um, today do you, did did you ever face like this um you know some resistance from we spoke a largely up from the demand side but did you ever face this kind of resistance from the supply see temples and pilgrimages and these priests have now started understanding that going digital is something that should they should seriously consider one if there is a local temple um they have a clear aspiration to be a vashnu devi or a shirdi or uh, or a ttd for example and if you see right very well managed setups yeah uh, have very strong digital presence very strong devotee management asset management and what not they do it very very well so uh, the other mass that is coming out to be very clear for these pilgrimages is that the frequency of physical visits is actually very very low so you would visit these temples once in a year in the highest full cases you would do it once in a year every year but in mm. most cases it would be once in a lifetime mm. but the desire to do things at those temples pilgrimages and what not is many times a year uh, it's ekadashi my kids birthday this and that and what not now can there be a trusted way to bridge this now people do understand so for a for a temple i would say they are today making all the money from that one visit by money i would say all the financial support that they are making and all the economy around temple is being run by that one visit per year or one visit per lifetime if you could just give digital boost to this visit it is going to be magical for temple the entire economy around temple is going to be benefited i just you i'll double tap on this part right now if there is a temple let's say in haridwar which is um let's say where let's say on a daily basis 5000 people come 
Now that temple in itself is serving at least 50-60 households. Now temple has been employing people, giving enablement and whatnot for generations now. Now yeah. if you can boost that economy and uh, take this convenience cut from them, they'll be happy to give you and it will give them boost. So that's the kind of ecosystem you can have to create if you want to like really, really solve for this particular Got it, got it. Prashant, since we're on this topic, I want a spicy take from you. Um, the economics behind temples, right? I think it can be slightly touchy. On one side, we do have the devotional angle, which is, um, you know, supposed to be very pure. Um, on the other side, it feels like, you know, at every step, and especially, I'm not saying this for all temples. Uh, of course, there there needs to be a lot of maintenance. In fact, um, Kishore Biani on a recent podcast mentioned that while while the future group was scaling, in order to even understand how to uh, you know manage that crowd, he went and he, he and his team went down to TTD and you know saw how they done. So some of them are managed fantastically, but sometimes uh, it makes you wonder. Like you mentioned, five thousand, ten thousand people coming on a daily basis, putting in so much money. Um, economically, how does how, where does where does all this money flow into? Some part of it goes into maintenance, but uh, are, are a lot of temples cash rich? Um, are these trust? How does the economy of this entire system work? Honestly, to me, it's a black box. You know, okay. uh, I, I do not know what goes behind that. But the point being, I'm I'm assuming that it's a good place. And okay. like using those money, for example, I was speaking to one of the trust members of one of the largest temples in Mathura. And uh, they run a lot of social initiatives basically they they run a uh, old age home they run a college free college for girl education and so on so the point being a lot of these stories are also not told very very well where where you right, exactly. don't, um, and and there's a general perception right that that everything in it for is, is for money and whatnot see yeah. i think that that's it's talk about devotee yeah a devotee seeks peace and happiness um, when he goes to a space like this, yeah, and um, I'm against extraction and using fear to leverage that to get that money, which is something that's which is a problem. But yeah. if I just if I just remove that particular part, there's still a large set of people who um, who contribute back, saying that this would go for some people. My point being, yeah. let's say there's a there's a space that is created, which is very important for people, which gives them a lot of this. Uh, mental reinforcement, peace and hope and whatnot, which is very important part of people's life. It keeps yeah. them going. Uh, and I would say I would just build for that feeling. My point yeah. is I do not, I honestly do not care with respect to how this whole ecosystem is. I really mm-hmm. care about these 500 million, 600 million people who seek hope on a daily basis. If you yeah. can create spaces for them, which, which gives them this deeper value, uh, when times are tough, things are bad. It gives them this this reinforcement. And actually, you should go back and read our reviews. You see yeah, all of these things, right? The people say that hey, I was feeling low in my life. I was feeling depressed, and a lot of right. This gave this gave me hope. This gives me strength. The point is, human beings work in very very funny ways. Yeah. From a science angle, you would say, how can this even give people? This is this is this is what we call as faith, right? He believes that going to this space gives him strength, so he gets that strength. Now, <laughs> Now, uh, I, I would build for that particular behavior. And, and I think if we are able to give value to the users, we'll be able to build good value around it. 
100% in fact the reason i asked you that also was you know tying it back to your point on trust right end of the day people trust us more they are going to come back to your platform if there is one is this faith angle and if that can be you know linked back to trust then i think that ecosystem is very very powerful right and especially like you mentioned there is lots and lots of work that goes behind the scene that you know if if today it is a black box and reason i asked you because you are building in this space is there some insight that comes out of it because if that becomes more trustworthy to the end user that cycle is never going to change right that is just that 1% doubt that comes in the mind of a devotee yeah. and for the same reason right i think i think hence in this case right we when we are building this particular company right we are building it independent of temples right so for example let's say people are coming to this digital space huh. and they are coming to the app for this it's a plus plus for them when they're getting this additional value Correct. so my point is i have built the company and we have built a company as as a company in a way where we said that hey with their support without their support this company has to exist exist yeah. Yeah. And, and they would see that hey today by footfall there is a digital space which is bigger than us so for example if you look at it right let's say yeah. 7 lakh people visiting our app every single day just by visitor count we are larger than yeah uh, many of these so for, yeah. for example a lot of the disciples start become inquisitive when they say ki hey um let's do something together yeah uh, i think that's the space we would want to be where uh can we help all the stakeholders in this win it will actually unlock massive value for all of us very interesting no i'm super excited to see how this shapes up um prashant just for the paucity of time um might have to this with a bango i think um, like we spoke about earlier we still um, today today times are different like in 2020 when you started and today when it's 2023 um would love to understand if there are new entrepreneurs who are looking at this space um any pieces of advice that you'd like to share with them um on you know the opportunity that still need to be unlocked and second from the funding winter point of view how much do you think this has an impact so i think uh 3 years back 4 years back we did not see a lot of companies in this particular space i think i think it happens right uh people see opportunity they jump in I, and i think we would need a lot of startups to be able to uh create additional enablement but my my biggest apprehension here would be how are you looking at this particular opportunity are you looking at it looking at a devotee as a customer i would say that hey this will actually spoil the market for everyone if you if you go it that way right if you if you do things which will create mistrust uh, which will uh, not honor a user well or not value a user well it is going to spoil the market for all of us and and these things don't fly my point is that, that all of us are welcome to be able to provide value to this user uh value to this devotee and they'll very happily open their wallets for all of us for us to become large and all my point is when you see this whole space as a transaction not as a behavior that's where the problem is um and uh you know i think i think uh, it's more about the approach companies will take different different approaches when it comes to building this for this particular category we are taking a certain approach if we feel it's uh through data and through our primary secondary data we would we feel that this is the right way uh might take time but it's okay it's okay had this category if if this category was supposed to be built it would have been built 10 years back or 5 yeah. years back 6 years back and what not i feel that there is lot of fundamental brick by brick company building that someone has to do to be able to let's say build a generational company 
and we as a company we as a team are in it to build a generational company for that matter so so that's the approach now coming to fundamental now we did raise some capital but and and we were fortunate to have uh, people like msno and people like sequoia elevation who are backing us but we realized that this category will take time um and hence as we raised capital we did not go into this spending spree that hey burn 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 and rush to the next level so i think uh, there is lot of financial discipline that we have with us um and i think that that will continue I, my point is that things will not change as we uh, go and build this we are committed to serve this particular devotee this particular user and i think there is a lot to be built for them and we are realizing that if a user is happy if they love you they trust you they'll make sure that you exist yeah no absolutely i think prashant that's a very very uh, fundamental thing again that you mentioned and uh, one thing for people to walk away and think and ponder about um but fantastic chat i think um, half an hour one hour doesn't do justice to this topic that we chat about and we hope to you know um, get another chance to bring you on the pod and go deeper into some of these anecdotal incidents but thank you so much for joining us today it was absolutely fantastic to one learn about this and with that i will hand over the mic back to sara Thank you. Guys, thank you so much. Uh Prashant, I think we definitely need a another episode for you for sure. Um <laughs> so has thank you so much for these great questions and it was such a pleasure hosting you guys on Beyond Borders. Thank you.